Warning, the following podcast may contain language that some listeners may find offensive or confusing or intriguing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the 3v3 podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. So have we decided on what trade we're manifesting to the Flyers yet? I went around and around on this. And the chaotic side of me says Trevor's egress. He was rumored to be going to Montreal. Somewhere. Somewhere. Um, simply for the chaos factor. But they do need scoring pop. And granted, he's more flash and not as consistent, which is kind of why Anaheim's looking to kind of be gone. Um, there's still a spark. Maybe it's just one of those, you know, change of scenery sparks type things. Who knows? He's still young. He's got a lot of skill. He's got talent. It'd be really fun to watch Tortorella rein him in, which I think he could do. Because all that man continues to do is show you why he's a good coach. Okay. And Pat? I mean. I've been going back and forth on this probably just as much as you, Patrick. I kind of wanted to flip the question around and what, what trade would actually maximize Trevor Zegers and Anaheim. And my answer keeps going back to give him some wingers who can score instead of, you know. The more I look at Anaheim, their roster just baffles me. For any team that thinks they have expectations. Um, like he is a playmaking center without any playmakers on his wing. Mm-hmm. So for Philadelphia, my question is if, 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 is Morgan Frost a good NHL setter? Because if he is, wouldn't it be nice to give him a winger like Clayton Keller? Oh, coyotes aren't doing anything. Oh, I know they're not, but this is me manifesting it. So, I think it'd be good to give him a winger like Trevor Zegras. The two of them can swap back and forth. Which yeah. I, I actually like that concept, and it needs to happen a lot more than it does in reality. I, I want to ask you really quick before we move off this. Uh, did you put your thing down, flip it, and reverse it, Pat? Is that what you did? I did two of the three, okay. but not all three. Okay. I'll leave that up to you to figure out which one well, I left. You know, you know, leaving things up to my imagination is always a good thing for people. <laughs> uh, uh, I, anything that gets Philly a little more zazz 
is I'm here for it. Because I, I sit there dying laughing. I, I'm sorry. I know I'm going against the grain on this one. But during the broadcast yesterday um, of the Phila game, again, we record on Sunday. So this would have been Saturday's gaming. It's cracking, blah, blah, blah. ESPN put up the notable trade targets for the Philadelphia Flyers. And I'm going, you idiots. Do you think they're getting rid of any of those players when they're sitting third in their division in a playoff spot? This is free money. This is house money for them this year. Not only that, is Philly not the we're going to go to the Stanley Cup final type team because teams one and two ahead of them can both be beat. And you may not have to play Florida or Boston. The only two teams, I think, in the conference that could give Philly real fits. I mean, for crying out loud, they are fifth. They are now fifth in the conference ahead of Tampa, Toronto. Yeah, it's a couple of points, but what is They're fifth in the conference. In the East, granted, the East has kind of been like a, I don't know, a multiple personality disorder patient this year because what the hell's going on with Jersey? Oh, it's that's right. The weather. It's the um, weather being bipolar. Yeah, but shouldn't teams be used to it by now? Hasn't it been bipolar for the last decade? Yeah. Come on, East Coast. Um what, what's a pejorative term that makes you think it's elite, but they're not really elite? Um, Least coast. Okay, I like that. West is the best, man. West is the best, yo. West side for life, yo. I got nothing. Uh, you know, is they, just a t- Go ahead. I was going to say, they're just a team that needs a few more goals. Their defense is more than good enough. Their goaltending is sufficient. I mean, sufficient I, and solidified. Yeah, and as Las Vegas proved to you last year and the year before that, well, actually, almost every year that Las Vegas has been in the league, and I refuse to call, just say Vegas, okay? So bite me, people. That's not um, officially their name, though. I don't care. Okay. Officially, teams, organizations make really dumb decisions. Well, this yeah, is true. we're talking hockey. They've never, I mean, the first year with Flurry, yeah, he was the guy, but he was also out a boatload. Mm-hmm. And then Laner was kind of the guy and then has, you know, been on LTIR since. And it's just been a revolving door. I mean, if you would have asked Sharks fans like four years ago about Aiden Hill, man, the answers you would have gotten would have been hysterical. Can't stop a beach ball, you know, couldn't close a five hole with a construction crew, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And he's got a cup ring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he and he's put up numbers in you know the the sequel exactly the next season he didn't turn into a balloon i mean okay pumpkin has not you know yeah he was out for almost a month but then he immediately came back put up okay numbers in his first game has been really solid since 
So wait, yeah. you're saying that like you can't you can't take other teams fans opinions like seriously? Well, I think really what I'm saying Cassie is again goaltending. It's voodoo, right? That's yep. what I keep hearing. Yep. You put a goaltender, you put a good goaltender behind a good system and suddenly they become a great goaltender. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you take a great goaltender in a bad system, let them play 70 games and see how their body wears down for a few years. And then they're magically, you know, pretty decent again. Mm. Oh, hi, Cam Talbot. Oh, how did, how, how did you read my mind? I knew exactly what you were doing when you said 70 games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hi, yeah. 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 So uh, to bring this back around, to flip it, reverse it, put your thing down. Um, Philly's got goaltending that's sufficient. Mm-hmm. You know, they go through phases. You know, the guys are still kind of young, and that's fine. But they're sufficient. And to your point, Pat, they've got a good enough defense in front of them and a good enough forward group in front of them that knows how to play good defensively. That a little more scoring pop and maybe they leapfrog Carolina or yeah. the Rangers. No, I actually don't think Rangers would be a tough one, but it, it, rega- it doesn't matter. No. All they got to do is sit there third in their division and their division is kind of a cakewalk. It's I there mean, for the taking. It really is. Cause everybody else, you know, Islanders, devils, caps, penguins, and jackets certainly are playing like they want nothing to do with making the playoffs. They probably disagree, but yeah. <laughs> well, they they may disagree on on in comments, but on you know in action. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's just you know, Philly is six points clear of the Islanders as of today. You think they're going to trade Ristolainen? who has now become kind of the cornerstone stay-at-home guy on their defense. You think that's going to happen? I want to know what any of you have been smoking. That would that would effectively signify, no, no, all this promise we had, you know, all this, you know, new orange, blah, 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 and the team kind of comes out and overperforms, and then you're going to punish them instead of reward them. For the way they've been playing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Makes complete and total sense. Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. It's the opposite of that. I, you know. It's I it's just, amateurs I, trying to, like, stir up, like, the chaos but not knowing really how to stir up the chaos. Just throw stuff out and hope it sticks to the wall somehow. God, those games, the Penguins blew out. Those 10 goal games just make some of the stat lines look hysterical at the bottom of the league. 
they had those 10 goal wins. And yet they still sit with one of the lowest goals for yeah. in the entire league. That's that's what I'm saying. With a spectacular goals against. Yeah. That's, I mean, they're, that's, they're tied for second in goals against. Lies, damn lies and statistics, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it is completely hysterical. You're looking at the bottom of the league and... 74, 92, 43, 38, 10, 12, 42, 6, 15, 8, plus 13. All the rest of the numbers prior to the plus 13 were negatives. Those were goal differentials. Yeah. (laughs) First of all, LOL Sharks, minus 92. Wow. (laughs) Is that like a record in this league or what? Uh, Oh, no. Not... I want to say it was close to minus 150. I was going to say it had to be one of those early caps teams, I think, still holds the record. Mm. Like the one where they went basically like 2 and 80. <laughs> yes, I know that wasn't the actual record. Stop it. I'm making a hyperbolic statement as a form of comedic effect. So just leave me the hell alone, okay? Oh, come on. I'm not I mean, talking to you two. I'm talking to the journalists. No, I know, but they're hockey fans and hyperbole. They're, they're, they're best buds. God, I'm pre-arguing with myself again. <laughs> yeah, when you start answering yourself, that's not a good, not a good sign. Well, you know, it's one of the five people in my head. It's got to get, you know, something going. Um, You know who's been unbelievably quiet about anything and everything has been the Kraken, and I am just dying laughing. I am just dying laughing. Um, I don't, I don't have the same read on Francis as you do, Pat, but this is really starting to feel like the calm before the storm, and I just don't know what storm it is. When are you forecasting the storm? <laughs> I think is the bigger question. Based on what I think I know, it won't happen till the off season. Okay. On, we're, we're reading things the same way then. Okay. Mm. Based on what I want, it would be the next week or two. Mm-mm. But I just have a feeling because I do know enough that he's basically, you know, Reluctant Ronnie, or whatever you want to call him. Fastidious Francis. Um, Nothing gets touched until the offseason. I think they need to make a splash in the offseason. I think they will... I think one thing he'll he'll do is any UFA is not coming back, he's going to trade their rights, and then try to use whatever assets he gets from that those. So let's say Justin Schultz, just throw out a name. There's going to be a team that needs to get a serviceable defenseman who can play four through six in their lineup before the off season really opens up. 
okay, they get a fourth or a fifth round pick should the teams come to an agreement before a date. I think they need to make a Matthew Kachuk type trade. I just don't know who they can get. Well, see, they're trying locally. They're trying to push Matty Beneers into the face of the franchise mode. He's not there. Granted, I just hope they're not foisting too much on him by doing that. No, he doesn't have the supporting cast around him to. (sighs) He is Jack Eichel in Buffalo right now. Okay. He can put up flashes. He can help talented teammates around him, but he can't carry a team of just kind of mid-level players. I mean, very few people can, so... Exactly. I mean, there's one, one and a half players in the league that can do that. And they play on the same team. (laughs) (laughs) God, that's so true. It's funny. It's sad, but it's true. I mean, it just shows like, you how bad they are when they're when those two guys are weighed down by so much cruft they can't even. Yeah, and I I've been very reluctant to give Connor that sort of credit, I guess. But in the last two to three seasons, he has elevated other players in different ways than I was expecting, like outside of points. There are just certain players that he's like the anti Crosby. He can he can kind of work with anyone. Whereas Crosby, it seems like there needs to be a stylistic fit to get, you know, the 40 goal scorer out of a player. Meanwhile, he is only 16, no, seven, nope, 18 points back of Kucherov with uh, six games in hand. He has one more week to catch him. That's all anybody above him in scoring should be hearing in their heads right now. Because, yeah. And Leon will be top 10, top 7 points by that point, too. Yes, I know they got shut out by L.A. last night. And you know what? I am totally here for it because my my grown up, my youngest grown up hockey son, Quentin, had a hell of a game. Mm-hmm. And I am here for QB 55, always and forever. Also, you take a, a, a goalie who had a flash in the pan and has bounced around and you put him behind a competent defense. And they can play really well? Weird. Hmm. Weird how that happens. You can't be talking about Red Edge. <laughs> I know you are, but you can't seriously be talking about Red Edge. Oh, boy. Well, when, when he is forced to just stay in his crease and not move much, good things can happen. Should he ever be the starter of that team? Absolutely not. Oh, Lord, no. Oh, boy. 
You could send him back to Winnipeg and same rules would apply. Speaking of team defense just playing lights out, because it's not all Hellebuck. It really isn't this season. No, and that is... I I struggle with them so much right now. Like, they look like you should be afraid of them in certain areas, and then other areas you go, there's nothing to be afraid of with this team. No. And I don't know what it is. There's no zip, zing, boom, pow. That was the Bruins for me last season, as well as they were playing in the regular season. You could take them. They could win a series against you, but it wasn't going to feel lopsided. They weren't going to roll you over. No. Well, I mean, it's again the fact that like some teams are built for playoffs and some teams are not. Mm-hmm. Built for the regular season versus playoffs. If Winnipeg could sustain, you know, any potential injuries, they have a couple guys on their roster who could kind of pop in the in the playoffs. Like Nino Niederreiter is one of those unsung. He is the annoying guy who puts up a surprise performance in the playoffs after a really quiet regular season. I think to a lesser extent, Ayafalo could be that same player. Ayafalo has always been hot and cold. Yeah. He just has to time things properly. Exactly. They don't have they don't have the bus carrier or the person driving the bus who's gonna <sighs> Vegas last year had multiple players, but Eichel was playing so well it allowed his wingers, he allowed Marsha Show to just score, score, score. You know, Tampa had different players step up at different times, but Braden Point, by and large, just lets players do their thing. You know, Connor is going to kick the Oilers kicking and screaming on a deep playoff run this season. Yes, I'm predicting it. Is that Kyle Connor? Is that Mark Shifley? No. I I don't think so. They they are the complementary players that are taking advantage of a player moving them along. It's Neil Pionk, okay? Let's just cut to the chase. Mm -hmm. Are we going back to our linchpin (laughs) discussion here? (laughs) Oh, That's another thing is I don't... uh, Velarde, maybe? Velarde could he could like Matthew Kachuk is the archetype for a winger doing it but he had the benefit of some pretty good centers last year hmm Velarde could have a put together a showcase postseason going into a last year of a contract. Oh, that'll, that'll be fun. 
Mwa. Ha ha ha. Mwa. No, except for the, Winnipeg has so many UFAs coming off the board in two seasons. That I, I think they'll be okay. Oh, I, I'm not worried about them. What abs? <laughs> what abs? You know, I, I, I rooted hard for them when I'd say 2018, 2019. I think they had the roster to win. They just didn't have the the pieces. They didn't have the one or two players get hot at the right time. They were a moment in time team. That is for Mm -hmm. sure. And to bring everything back to Philadelphia. They also feel like a moment in time team. They kind of have the players that could get hot. Are they a moment in time team or are they a team that is of the moment and their time is still yet to come? Oh, no, no. their time is still yet to come. But they could take advantage of it and go on that crazy out of nowhere run to the finals, but without tipping expectations in the wrong direction. Similar to Dallas, when they made the cup final a few years ago, they weren't ready yet, but they had a good enough team and they had a goalie get hot and just everyone was kind of healthy and they were putting up numbers. Also, that season was complete, you know, bonkers. Why did the PWHL have to take this week off for IIHF international crap? Sorry, I'm going to change the subject really quick because I'm just annoyed. Well, I'm annoyed that everyone has sold their fun broadcasting rights to the NHL network and you can't get those anywhere. That's also kind of where I was going. PWHL shutting down. That's that's the IIHF's fault. Yeah, that's why I said why they have to. Why why they have to let them do it this week? Because they always have had a tournament this week of the year. Not not even. It's a show. It's a singular game that shut things down for a while. Oh, it's how much it's I've a, been paying attention. <laughs> but I was thinking, I actually watched the two uh, 1 p.m. Eastern games this afternoon a little bit because my house is strangely calm at the moment. Be, ex- be prepared to hear something crazy on Mike uh, in a few minutes, I'm sure. <laughs> but I got to sit down and watch both those games, and they're both kind of, eh. I really wish there was a PW game, because the- even in the quote-unquote lopsided uh, games that I have seen, they've been a little more entertaining and a little less going through the motions. This weekend could have used a few. 
זה היה... Are you saying there's no emotion in, in the games right now, Pat? <laughs> uh, not during the whistles. Not, or not in between whistles. Mm-hmm. I think people in Toronto would uh, beg to differ on that. Oh, no, no, no. They're no, I think some of them actually would agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Thank you, the stanchion, for the post of the year last night. <laughs> that just summed up everything, which I just, I tried, I tried to sort of distill it down as I want to do. Hockey players are physically immune and emotionally inhaler and emotionally immature. <laughs> I, I, well, That's what happens that when thing. you're sheltered though. Watching that old thing with Morgan Riley last night. All I could do was think of two specific incidents. The Todd Bertuzzi water bottle incident on the road to the Winter Classic, where he lost his mind about the other player, his his team's, something about his team's water bottle being screwed with, and he lost his mind. And then the infamous Dale Hunter hit on Pierre Turgeon after Turgeon scored. Now, that netted Dale Hunter 21 games of suspension. It wasn't a cross-check to the head, but it was a pretty vicious hit while Pierre was in the middle of celebrating. A big goal to put his team up and kind of the game out of reach. I have no problem with the kid taking a slapper. Funny as hell. You don't like getting embarrassed? Then don't play embarrassing. Got no problem. He didn't celebrate. He didn't mug to mm-hmm. the crowd. He didn't mock the other team after he took the slap shot. Don't care. It's an empty net goal. There wasn't anybody around. It's not a like young. He, it, sorry, I was going to say. Not, uh, it's not like he ripped a slap shot while Morgan Riley was trying to guard the net. Morgan Riley wasn't anywhere near him. Which is another thing you might want to ask yourself, Morgan. Why were you so far behind the play? Hey, 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 Patrick. Hmm. Do you think Morgan Riley might benefit from a change of scenery? Maybe go play for a coach who knows how to teach players defense. He'd die. I something kind of hit me and I know it's not new but I've I've avoided kind of coming down to to this path with them that is they're not entitled no they're used to getting things a certain way though I see. I don't think they're coddled. I think there's enough in the press that just rip them all apart. I don't think they're coddled. I think they're ambivalent. I think they're clueless myself. Uh, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Like they don't know how to get out of their own way. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know as if they want to because I think there's that arrogance of youth thing standing there. They should they don't feel like they should have to. They feel like they can get out of anything that they do to themselves just by being good. And I want I don't want to call it a work ethic because I don't want to sit there and say they're all lazy and sloughing up and down the ice and not doing anything. There's just it's lying under the surface. And I don't know. It's just lying under the surface. Because they shouldn't be this bad. You know, again, Philly's ahead of them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. There's a, there's a hint of country club. Mm-hmm. There's a hint of ambivalence. There's a hint of arrogance and there is a hint of entitlement. I don't think it's any one of those things. And I think they have one of the This is not going to come out well. Lackadaisical captains out there. Does he show up and play? Yeah. Does he score? Yeah. Does he do? Yeah. What else does he do? Who made him captain? Was it a team thing or was it the coach? I I don't. Rem- I I think it was sort of a management thing. Yeah. They didn't so, feel like Matthews was ready or blah blah blah. Because that's typically those kinds of captains are typically people who were appointed by coach or above because they could score they're the face of the team they should look like they have responsibility it's the mistake of making of goal scoring being a sign of leadership when it's just a sign of ability right and so you don't get you don't get the emotional responsibility you don't get the taking care of your teammates part of it it's just I need to show up and score because that's why I'm captain. But doesn't it feel like Tavares wasn't that type of captain on the island? Uh, That's, that's kind of where I'm going. I didn't. And and granted this may be age catching up with me and my memory going away, which is entirely true, but I don't remember him sort of. And this is this is such a stupid conversation. I'm freely going to admit it because we don't see everything, right? But I just don't recall him sort of being the guy on the ice or the guy on the bench. You know, there are times you see the captain on the ice do something, you know, between plays or something to sort of get people's heads back in place. (laughs) And it's not a burst of emotion. You know, Joe Sackick was not an emotional guy. Was he a fantastic leader? Yeah. Because he would often do things, not just performance wise by scoring goals or whatever, 
that would sort of indicate here's the path we need to take. Let's go. Now, to sort of bring it back around to the incident last night, um, Sheldon Keefe in his temper tantrum after the whole thing, this isn't discussed a heck of a lot, and it kind of infuriates me. Sheldon Keefe, being the away coach, had um, first change after the goal, correct? He put out Ryan Reeves. So, of course, Ottawa, you know, responds and puts out their guy. Now, what happened, this is with five seconds left in the game, Sheldon Keefe is putting out Ryan Reeves. After there had been a big dust-up on the ice caused by one of his players lashing out like a complete moron. And he puts out Ryan Reeves. And to the sort of the point I'm kind of getting around to, on the bench, and they had clear shots of it, on the bench screaming at his guys not to engage was Brady Kachuk. He was literally yelling. I, I don't remember the guy's name, and forgive me. I, I know he's one of their tough guys, but he was out there, and he was he was taking the face off, and Ryan Reeves is on the wing, and you could just see the whole Phil Kessel thing starting over again, right, with Ryan Reeves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Brady Kachuk is just screaming at the top of his lungs for those guys on his team to not engage and get away. Don't engage, don't engage, don't bleeping engage. Why wasn't Tavares doing something like that? Why did Sheldon Keefe put out, you know, why did Sheldon Keefe not get an earful from Tavares about pulling that stunt? Because that was a stunt. Because in hockey, there is a vein of victimhood that runs through it. And whenever something bad happens to somebody, it is always without fail or almost without fail, the other party's fault. Fault, Even though they initiated and they, they like may have started the course of events that led to that thing. It's never their fault. It's always the responding party's fault. Always. It's, it's like if it's a good, clean hit, what happens? Guy comes up swinging. It's like, you did that on purpose. You're trying to hurt me. I'm the victim. And so that's what was going on there. So I don't understand why a slap shot into an empty net is a big deal. I would have rolled my eyes on the bench going, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, it just, it's such a petty little thing to make a big issue about. And yet somehow it just became this overwhelming, like, oh my God, the world's going to end. We're going to like, you know, take you for that. I don't know. But there is, it, in hockey, there is that like a vein of victimhood. No one's ever to blame for their own, like, or a few people. There are a few people. There are a handful of people who will come out and say, you know what? That was my fault. But almost, but by and large, like 95% of the NHL coaches, general managers, players, referees, anybody, it's always the other person's fault, no matter what. You're always a victim. You never have to change. And it's the only thing anyone is talking about today. Well, it's because there aren't any games on because the NHL is afraid of football. Mm-hmm. which I get it. I get it. Trust me. I get it. I'm not immune. I know 
billions of people across the world are watching this. That's fine. I am not peeing in your Cheerios. Go enjoy it. All I'm saying is you don't have to be afraid of any event. Mm -hmm. If you want to schedule games right up to the point before kickoff, have at it. I still think you'd pull in pretty decent crowds. Yeah, and not if you don't want a football it, fan. Well, exactly. And there are people that don't enjoy it. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, providing them an outlet for them to go do something as well. An alternative. Nothing wrong with it. I mean, and this is gonna sound really wrong, but it kind of makes my point. It's like, you know, movie theaters and Chinese restaurants on Christmas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do bang up money. And it's not just because of, you know, Jewish people or it's even people that are, that celebrate Christmas like to go out and do something. So, cause it's not all about, you know, hanging out and eating roast beast and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm not saying stores should be open on Christmas. Just stop right there. And I don't know why I'm pre-arguing with myself today so much. Because there were 13 games on last night. And the one thing that of real interest is boring and dumb. And everyone was pre-arguing with themselves before they threw out their takes. Don't you dare talk about Quentin Byfield scoring a goal and celebrating like that. <laughs> Oh yeah, but why the other thing? Oh yeah. The only downside, too bad QB one didn't get or uh QB fifty five, excuse me, uh didn't get the game winner. Some other guy. I forget who. Oh man, I love he shows up and then all of a sudden there's a few people in my timeline that are PLD defenders, truthers, and you know, I, I see all these retweets coming in, you know, like, oh, now that McClellan's gone, PLD's going to tear it up. I'm like, and you know what? He might. No, he's not. For a week. No, he's not. Pat. Pat. I'm, Pat. I know. I know how this Pat. works. <laughs> Did bonus to, what was it, LaViolette make a difference? Did LaViolette leaving make a difference? Did I get him? Did I get him backwards again? God damn it, Maurice, Paul Maurice. I don't know why I confuse Peter Laviolette and Paul Maurice. I just always uh, one replaced the other, and I then was replaced by him by the, the other guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's my problem. Is they're they're just sort of interchangeable, literally, um, <laughs> within coaching ranks. Yeah, did Maurice leaving Winnipeg help? No, of course not. He's going to do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. And coach ain't going to make up and bird difference. Yeah. And he was right to leave when he, he did what he could. He couldn't do anything more. And in Toronto, it's kind of like eh, that. That's the state of the roster that they refuse to change. Same problem in uh, Edmonton. They get new players. They get good players. But do they get players who actually change things? <laughs> well, if they do, they park them. 
right. looks they at Sam Gagne. They're, they're not conforming to how the rest of the team plays, so therefore there must be something uh, wrong. It, we're talking about Sam Gagne, Cassie. Guy conforms to whatever he guy conforms to wherever he is and still puts up numbers, even mm-hmm. at his age. And they still park him. This is just mind boggling. Absolutely mind boggling. He produces more. I think he's got more points than like four of the guys that are currently getting, you know, regular games on the bottom six. And he's barely, it's just mind boggling. Um, and also, God, there are rumors starting that the Oilers are interested in Jordan Eberle. And <laughs> people listening to you is <laughs> I, you know. I love Jordan Eberly more than I love orange and vanilla ice cream. And by the way, the Tillamook limited edition orange and vanilla ice cream. Oh my God. It is so good. It takes you right back to like elementary school with the little cups. I you need this on the East coast. Now you can get you Tillamook literally... on the East coast. I, there's... Oh, I, I have at least two containers in my freezer right now, okay, but I need that. Yeah, uh, this is a limited edition, Cassie. I don't know what they're going to But anyway, the only thing you're missing is the little wooden spoon. Um, seriously, just... Uh, um, anyway, you know I love Everly like that. It's a little late for this trade. <laughs> um, he... Everly needs the Zach Parise role. Exactly. Just the... Fourth line, maybe second unit power play, or even third line, just on the right team. I mean, probably on the East Coast, honestly, given he'd have to skate less. I think he would produce a little more with the Oilers' top end. I think he'd die on the vine with the Oilers' bottom end. Mm-hmm. And for that fact alone, I want I don't want anything to do with that deal. I would rather see him here and bounce between one and two on the on the Kraken and produce points, you know, at a pace less than he would likely somewhere else, but I still don't think he's I, I think he's sunsetting right now. Yeah. And you know, he would be a great Parisi style player, you know. Let him sit for half a season or let him sit for a third of the season, pick him up on PTO, send him the minors, let him get let him get in game shape. You know, kind of what kind of what the Penguins did with Pugliarvi, right? Sign him to a PTO so he can come in. You can evaluate him. You can start training. Then sign him to a deal that puts him in the minors so he can get in game shape and get some reps in. And let's see what you got. And then. Oh, hey, look at this. He's actually producing. So we're going to go ahead and sign you to a deal and then pull you up. So I would not mind seeing Everly do that next season. Yeah. Is this deal up this year or next year? I think it's next year. Speaking of that. It is up this year. Okay, it is up this year. So, yeah. Speaking of that, why hasn't anyone signed Phil Kessel? Cassie, mm-hmm. that is the thousand gold question. 
Mm -hmm. Is he just being picky or are teams like not coming around? I mean, because there are rumors that pop up here, tweets pop up periodically from quote unquote insiders saying that um, he's, you know, teams are contacting him, but then nothing happens. It's possible he's being picky. And you know what? He's earned the right. Damn yeah, right. Good for him if he is. I mean, does he need it? No. Does he want it? Probably. You know, I, I, I'm trying to think what other, is there something he might be chasing stats-wise that would drive him to just sign anywhere? No. Okay, well, then what's left? He's got three Stanley Cup rings. Okay, so what's left? The love of the game. Okay, if you're going to go for the love of the game, you're going to want to love where you're playing, right? So he needs to go play in Minnesota for Bill Guerin so he gets on the next U.S. whatever team. Is what I you're don't saying. Think, no, I don't think he was might. Is an assistant coach? Or... <laughs> yeah. Oh, my point. God. Is Phil Kessel not the prototype of an assistant coach? <laughs> because <laughs> i was thinking that with crosby and he was like you know I, I you have to earn it and i hope i play and i'm like well you could always come back as an assistant coach for team canada i'm sure they'd let him i think kessel doesn't give two poops about the olympics this year or whenever they are i know but it'd be funny given oh, how he was left off the roster and said oh Mm, feels like there's somewhere I should be. Because obviously he would have played like, well, Spangler Cup or World Championships, but yeah, he he did his time. I just, I'm just looking for Phil Kessel on the ice is just good. Good for us. Nah, screw the game. It's good for us. (laughs) And others will benefit. It's good for everybody. That every time, every time somebody starts in with it's good for this, I always go to the Star Trek Four thing where Captain Kirk is trying to convince the lady that the whales, he needs her whales. Mm. It's good for us. It's good for them. It's good for everybody. Let me take these whales to the future. You know, it's good for them. It's good for us. It's good for everybody. Mm-hmm. I can't do a really good Shatner. I used to be able to. I, I I stopped doing it for so long. I can't find it. I mean, I'd have to work on it. It's a cadence so, thing. It it's it's a cadence, but it is also there is also the way he delivers his lines. Right. There's also the there's also some the other stuff. And, yeah, uh, the emphasis yeah. on the other syllables type thing mm-hmm. um nah I'm, hey man i'd love to see phil kessel behind the bench of the pwhl minnesota franchise we've solved it there you go assistant coach of the pwhl minnesota team philip j castle what are the odds he'll just take the name white caps again slim to none um, mm. yeah that's unfortunate. Unless the trademark battles are that difficult, and it's cheaper to buy the rights to that name. They already have yeah. the rights to that name. Do they? 
Because some of the former... Because they bought the PWHL part part and parcel. They bought the whole thing. Correct. But individual team owners had the trademarks on names. And that did not come with the sale. Okay. Yeah, there's there's such a fine line, you know, between between clever and stupid, Cassie. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's like the it's like the Sonics leaving, right? They right. changed the name to whatever it was, but there is still trademark rights on the Sonics all the way down to their mascot. No, so yeah, the city the city bought the rights for the name in the in the colors in the uh they bought all that. The city of Seattle bought all the trademarks and everything for the Sonics and that's why Oklahoma City couldn't use them. Right, but that was part of the deal of them moving was that they had to sell them. Right. Because that was going to be a contingent. So in this case, they could have bought the league and said screw you guys, keep your names. True. Right. It could have, it could have bifurcated the two entities because there are sometimes they do deals like that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. You know, we're rebranding this thing. I don't care what you do with the name, with the colors, whatever. You know, this is right. our this is our toy now. Right, because Minnesota's colors aren't that different from the white caps, but they are different. Yeah, colors is because uh, the white caps colors were always black, blue, silver, and white. And I think now instead of blue, they're using purple. For now, like we always say, this game needs more purple. Mm-hmm. Okay, well then that settles it. I think we're going to end today's episode and I'm going to run up to the store and I'm going to buy the neon purple pigment dye today. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, I have gone full Mike Portnoy. And if you know who Mike Portnoy is, he is the drummer for dream theater and he has a very long graying beard and he has his dyed blue. I have since decided that my beard, since it is graying, is going to become magenta or purple. Or maybe both. I may streak it. I don't know. You'll have to tune in to find out. (laughs) Next time on 3v3. This has been the 3v3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3v3 Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees. 